eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, gopowercat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, Go Power Cats, Cole Carmody. Welcome in to the 10 of 12 podcast. Usually your host is Ryan Gilbert, but today it's me, Cole Carmody. But if you want to listen to Ryan, you will still have your dose of him as he is here along for the ride. We are doing it remotely. I am in Kansas City. Ryan is in the basement of Fitz's house. Ryan, did you break in? What's going on? He has a key hidden somewhere, but I don't think I should reveal where that that key is at. But I'm in his basement. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he'd be too happy if you know people went and go and break in his house. But um, you did that, and so I guess we're just gonna roll with it. Um, we're heading down to the Big Twelve Media Days very soon. Um, we're recording this. I want to say, uh, what four or five days from now, we're going down to Texas, and this is it's gonna be weird. Did you did you see the email with? all the um, the schedule and kind of what to mm-hmm. expect. I found it interesting how um, they're saying, okay, there's still socially distanced, you know, pods of media members and, you know, you don't have to wear a mask, but, you know, if you're by the coaches and players, you got to be careful. It was like, okay, I mean, at one point, are they going to say like, all right, you know, you're fully good to go. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, well, I saw that if you're not vaccinated correct you have to wear a mask right is that what that said I think but then how are they going to enforce that right like, you know what i mean it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting it'll be interesting for sure it's going to be a fun time i'm looking forward to it um we'll talk about that uh, specifically media days we'll, we, kind of who's there kind of what to expect we'll talk about that we'll also talk about the preseason poll which came out um there are some questions asked on wabash station we'll get to those in the second half but the first thing I want to start out with, Ryan, is the the all Big Twelve preseason teams, and I don't know about you, but when I saw the list, naturally the first thing I was surprised of was that there was no Deuce Vaughn. K State only has one representative, and that's Philip Brooks. And we're not just going to talk about K State on this podcast. We're going to focus on you know the conference as a whole. But just in general, right off the bat, I really feel like Deuce Vaughn kind of got snubbed there. You, you know, I would agree. I really would. But Brees Tall and John Robinson uh, are good running backs, so I have no problem with them being on there. 
you know, ahead of Deuce. But if you were to tell me a week ago who's K-State's only, you know, selection going to be, I don't think I would say yeah. Phillip Brooks. I think I'd say Deuce Vaughn, right? I know Skylar Thompson's not the best quarterback in the Big 12, but he's more important. There's a lot of more important pieces to K-State's team than, than Phillip Brooks. So happy for him, obviously. Good for him but I did not expect him to be that wildcat on there, for sure. Well, yeah, you know, it feels like Phillip Brooks had one good game against KU, and then he ends up on Phil Steele's, you know, preseason All-American list as a returner, and it's like, well, before Josh Youngblood (laughs) left, he wasn't even the starting punt returner, right? I mean, Exactly. Yeah. If KU just learns how to punt the football out of bounds when it's appropriate, I don't even know if we're talking about Brooks at all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just crazy how one game elevated Philip Brooks' stock. I mean, again, good for the kid. It's good for the program. It just goes to show that K-State might not be respected in some forms, but they sure are respected in special teams. Um, so, again, that was interesting to me, just in a K-State sense. I felt like, you know, not having Deuce Vaughn on the list was a little disrespectful. Uh, Boom Massey even tweeted uh, about it. He said, no Deuce. I mean, his teammates, you know, expected him to be there, but at the end of the day, you know, we're going to find out. I'm sure Skylar Thompson and Jerron McPherson will tell us that accolades don't matter. It's just about getting wins. But I was a little surprised um, that Deuce Vaughn was not there. You mentioned it. Uh, Brees Hall and Bajon Robinson, obviously, Bajon Robinson from Texas, Brees Hall from Iowa State are the two running backs on the list. The quarterback, none other than Spencer Rattler. Now, I want to get your opinion on this, Ryan, because... I am not the biggest Spencer Rattler fan. I know there's a lot of people that think Spencer Rattler is amazing. And we can sit here until we're blue in the face and talk about Oklahoma. And honestly, a lot on this podcast, we probably will talk a lot about Oklahoma. <laughs> but is Spencer Rattler really the best quarterback in the conference right now? It, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I remember when K-State played Oklahoma, and I was that was the first kind of real time I had watched Spence, you know, Rattler play that year. And I was like, what like this is like this is the hype this is what this has been all about and I wasn't blown away at him uh, you know with him at all and of course K-State went down there and, and and beat him he threw I think three interceptions in that game so that wasn't his best outing but as the season went on um I never fully bought into like the media hype but I, I could see where you know that was coming from he's young I don't want to you know pick on the young guy I think he's got a high ceiling I'll give him that I think he's got a lot of um, you know, potential to grow in the Big 12, but I don't think you can put Brock Purdy. That would be the only Rattler. other one, right? Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, Skylar Thompson missed last year. You're crazy if you say he's mm-hmm. ahead of Rattler or so. I mean, to answer that question, I think he is the league's best quarterback, but, you know, it's the same thing with Trey Young at Oklahoma or, uh, you know, Ben Simmons at LSU. The media always just loves to pick a player or two every year like Zion from a sport and just hype the crap out of them, which I find real annoying, which I, you know, I'm sure you've heard me talk about before, but it is what it is not taking anything away from Rattler, but I don't think he's as good as advertised, but he's still a heck of a quarterback. He grew a lot last season. I'll give him that. No, I definitely think he grew a lot. You mentioned it. He did not look like a very good quarterback when they played K-State last year. And that was really the first time I watched him. That was their second game of the season. I don't think you can count Missouri State. So really, it was their first game of the season, right? And he he didn't just didn't look that good. And I know that there's a lot of Oklahoma people that think that Spencer Rattler can be better than Baker Mayfield, can be better than Kyler Murray, can be better than Jalen Hurts. I don't know if I agree with all of that. 
But I think you can make a serious argument that Brock Purdy deserved to be there based upon the expectations Iowa State has. It doesn't matter who's going to be at quarterback. Oklahoma is going to be picked to win the Big 12 every single year. Now, should that be the case? I don't believe so. But Iowa State got votes in the poll, which again, we'll talk about here later on. But with the expectations upon Iowa State, you could make a serious argument that Brock Purdy could be first-team quarterback. Yeah. I mean, when it's all said and done, I mean, Rattler, this is like his year to really prove who he is. He's had a year, the COVID year, under his belt. But I know I hate to say this, but a lot of people are going to look back at that year and say it didn't matter. You know, how much How much do you think he tried when, when they were up? It was like 35-14 to 14 against K-State. You know, he probably just put cruise control on because he's used to being in high school mm-hmm. and going up, you know, seven touchdowns on teams and just relaxing for the rest of the game. You can't do that in Division One Big 12 football. So this is a big year for him, and it's a big year for everyone, of course, but for him to prove, you know, that, that he is what he lives, you know, can he live up to, you know, the hype, I'm interested to see that. But I don't I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I'm not fully sold on the whole Purdy, Iowa State hype train. Would you look at this list? You have got it put up in front of me, man. Like half of the – if it's not an Oklahoma player, yeah. a good like probably half of that list is from Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And you have one from Kansas State. You know, I don't see any Jayhawks on here. That's that's a lot of cyclones. So, you know, Purdy's a good quarterback, sure, but he's got help around him. You know, we we love Iowa State's tight ends. So it'll see it'll be interesting to see what happens. But at the end of the year, if we're talking about this, you know, ten months from now, I guess that would be more like six months, but I think Rattler still will be the, the Big 12 quarterback of the year, but I think that, you know, I'll flirt with the idea of Purdy giving him a run for his money. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that has to be the case. If, if Iowa State wants to be as good as they're projected, which I don't think they're going to be that good, but if they want to be that good, right? I mean, he's he's got to be in that conversation. Uh, moving on down the line, uh, fullback, which maybe I was naive. I, maybe I didn't pay attention to it that much, but I didn't even realize that the fullback was still a position that could be voted upon upon the, the, the media. But that nod goes to Jeremiah Hall, again, of Oklahoma, and he was a first-team All-Big 12 selection last year. At receiver, There, there's one of Brock Purdy's weapons in Xavier Hutchinson, the 6'3", 210-pound senior from Jacksonville, Florida. I remember this guy from last year, and he's a stud. So he was first team all Big 12. No surprises there. Uh, Marvin Mims from Oklahoma, again. A little surprising, maybe. I mean, I understand he had a good season last year, but he was never really the number one option. And he was a second team Big 12 selection last year. So naturally, you know, with graduations, there's going to be some open spots. But what do you think about the Oklahoma receiver being uh, first team all Big 12? Well, it gives Rattler uh, a weapon that I guess he needs, right? So if he doesn't get quarterback of the year um, and, and Mims stays healthy, who's he have to blame? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting argument to be made with Mims only being a sophomore. He's the only sophomore sure. besides Spencer Rattler on the list. Uh, or I guess you can say Brees Hall. He's been, or no, excuse me, Brees Hall is there. Bajon Robinson is the other sophomore. So there's three mm-hmm. sophomores on the list. Um, so, you know, a little interesting note. And then um, I'm going to butcher his name. I know he's very good. Eric Izukamama. Am I saying that right, Mr. Mister Big 12? This is why I'm glad that you're hosting and not me. Yeah, I, I, I know that that name is extremely hard. Um, maybe I don't know it that well because he plays at Texas Tech. Um, <laughs> he, he was the third receiver, which 
okay. Who's even going to play quarterback at Texas Tech? Like, shouldn't that be into consideration when you look at this receiver is going to have a good year, but who's going to give him the ball? I mean, they're still in a quarterback battle there, right? I mean, so that's going to be an interesting something, an interesting thing to watch, I would think. Yep, you know more than I do, but if you don't have a quarterback, man, it's going to be hard to catch passes. Yep, and then you mentioned the tight ends from Iowa State. Charlie Kohler's there, and it's interesting because they have multiple tight ends that are just really good. And, you know, 6'6", 260 pounds as a tight end is not something you see actually from Norman, Oklahoma. Um, so interesting there for the Cyclone tight end. Then at the offensive line, I'm not necessarily going to go through it, but all you need to know is that there's two Cyclones, two Sooners, one, Tex- or one Texas Tech offensive lineman and one Oklahoma State lineman. Really? Are, are they just saying that this is Oklahoma and Iowa State's conference to lose at this point? Um. Well, Texas has, you know, it's Texas. So I think Texas is going to get some sort of hype or recognition for something they do. But when it's all said and done, yeah, I don't see, to answer that question, I don't see anyone coming up with Oklahoma or Iowa State. But, you know, like we saw inconsistencies with both teams last year. You know, Iowa State, we saw that team up in Ames against K-State, blew them out, looked really, really good. But then we also saw that team lose to Louisiana, right? We saw Oklahoma, of course, win the Big 12, but they lost to K-State when K-State was extremely depleted with COVID. So we're getting back to normal, so I'm not going to be surprised if the upsets kind of die down a little bit this season. But it's football, it's Big 12 football, anything can happen. So I don't know who's going to really give Iowa State or Oklahoma – a, a real threat at that second spot in the Big 12 championship game, but we'll see what happens, man. Uh, what do you? I mean, it's I interesting. Really just don't see who it can be. Well, yeah, and again, we'll preview. You know, we'll talk more about that here in the second half. But you know, you mentioned Texas, and they have one player on the offense for preseason Big 12 award. I mean, that is that's insane. I mean, yeah, and only one defense too. And what we say that they're over we did a, we did an article on the on Go Powercat about the the over/unders and mm-hmm. I don't know if it, I don't think it's gone up yet, but it was like what uh 8 and a half for Texas? It was 9. I think it was 8 or 9. It was yeah. a solid number. But it's like are they really going to win 10 games and you won't, and there's only two players on on the on the all-conference teams? I mean, so how much of that is name recognition and how much of that is the players? I, I don't know. I mean, I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to do some good things, but I can't sit here and tell you for sure that he's going to be better than what they had before. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just very interesting in the case of Texas, and I feel like Texas, no matter what, is going to be labeled Texas is back. <laughs> I mean, so, again, that's going to be something that will be interesting to see. But I do think it's interesting that Robinson is the only um, Texas player on the offense. As we switch over to the defensive side of the ball, again, not necessarily any surprises, I wouldn't think. But I will point out that the best name in the whole entire um, Big 12 uh, Big Twelve preseason preseason teams belongs to a defensive back from TCU by the name of Traverius Hodges Tomlinson. <laughs> that is the best name and it's not even close. Um, so good job Traverius. Um, We're rooting for you man. Yeah. I, I don't even know if it's Trey 
it's not maybe it's not no it's not Trevor it's Tre Trevius it's T R E apostrophe Trevius I don't know Trevius that makes I'm, sense. I think it's like a fluid like all all together like Trevius yeah okay that's my guess well he he has he has the best name although Ochin Mathis from TCU also has uh, is gonna give him a run for his money as far as best names go um, but on the on the defensive side of the ball as a whole you have uh, you have three Oklahoma Sooners. You have three Iowa State Cyclones. You have two TCU Horn Frogs, and only one, only one West Virginia Mountaineer, off of a defense that was extremely good last year. Yep. I am, and as Dante Stills and those Stills brothers in the middle are very good. I believe they're both still there, uh, unless the other one graduated. But still, I mean, one. You're telling me only one of them. On a team that was had the hot, best scoring defense in the Big 12 last year, only one of those guys is on the all-conference team. That, I think, is a grave mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And we talked about that article. I, I think West Virginia is going to do pretty good this year in the league and certainly be a, a top-half team. And you talked about Texas. It was eight wins. I just looked it up. Eight wins. I you put. Did you have a under or push? You put push. I put push. I put yeah. the over. I think that there's too much talent on that team. You know, I'm not going to take a ton of stock into this list that you know the um, the media put together. So, I mean, I like Texas. Eight wins isn't a ton for a team that's going to have that much talent and a coach that actually knows what he's doing. You know, from Alabama, it's not like you have Tom Herman or someone like that who who just is there to be there. Steve Starkeesian wasn't exactly successful at his previous stop so i mean he was at washington and he was he was good but he wasn't great right i mean that's why he got run out of town there is because they didn't produce at the level so yeah i'm with you but how we've seen lane kiffin be at alabama you know that just because you're at alabama doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be successful so i'm with you that the culture might get changed a little bit because i do think steve sarkeesian's a little bit different than tom herman obviously um yeah i I, I interrupted you. I cut you off, but I, I get what you're saying about Texas. It, it will be interesting for sure. I just going back to the West Virginia point. I mean, gosh, it's just it has to be frustrating if you're a Mountaineers fan because when Neil Brown gets hired, I feel like everybody kind of forgot. I mean, he was just kind of that guy that oh, they just hired some guy from you know we don't really know where, but. K-State got this guy that it's national championship winning coach from North Dakota State. You know, they got the new coach at Texas Tech. He's going to bring back the air raid offense. They're going to do everything. And then Dana Holgerson just leaves and goes to his alma mater at Houston. And people are kind of like, oh, it's West Virginia. I mean, you got to be frustrated if you're a West Virginia fan that you're not getting any, any, any preseason hype or just any credit in general, I feel like, after a really solid year last year. Yeah, and a bowl win against Army as well. I think that they deserve... I'm with you, man. They deserve some more. No doubt about that. Um, so moving on from there, we'll, we'll take a look at the Media Day player attendees. Uh, for Baylor, offensive lineman Connor Galvin and Terrell Bernard. Um, the Baylor Bears, obviously, not the highest expectations in the world coming into this year so you know we'll be interested to hear from them kind of see what they have to say uh the aforementioned Brees hall from iowa state along with greg eisworth and i mean for ku we haven't even talked about them at all but they got a new coach as well i'm extremely interested 
to hear from Lance Leibold. Or, I mean, would you agree with me? Would you agree with me? Are you interested to hear from him too? Mm-hmm. That's probably the most, you know, what I'm most excited for, for, for the, you know, cause you know what you're going to get out of a lot of these players and coaches, you know, of course with K-State, we've been around them a lot. So I guess not around them, but over Zoom, yeah. you know, we've, we know what's good, you know, what to expect, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm genuinely like excited for what KU football could become. I don't care how much you hate KU. I'm assuming you're a K-State fan listening to this. You want that rivalry game to be competitive. You want it to be meaningful. When you beat when you beat KU fifty five to fourteen every year, it's not. I mean, sure, it's fun to beat them up, but I mean, doesn't that get old after a while? Mm-hmm. Don't be a bottom feeder. You know, let's go and let's have a good game. So to answer that question, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yep, and I am too. It'll be interesting, and the player representatives will be. Kwame Lassiter II and Kenny Logan Jr. Um, Lassiter was one of those really good receivers that KU had the other one transferred out. His name escapes me at the moment. Um, he will be there in attendance. Uh, as far as Kansas State goes, Skyler Thompson and Jerron McPherson, both back for their sixth year of eligibility, will be in attendance. For Oklahoma, Jeremiah Hill, the tight end and halfback listed here, along with Nick Bonito, the linebackers. Um, for Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders. Now, of all, of all the players, though, how do you not bring Spencer Rattler? I mean, we just talked yeah. about him for like five or ten minutes on this pod. How do you not bring him to media days? I, I mean, I, I guess maybe the fact that he's a sophomore. I mean, that maybe you would want your veteran leaders, you know, to be in okay. attendance. It is a little bit surprising, though. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. I mean, John Robinson's there. He's a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, interesting. You're right. That, that's a good point. Um, for Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, Malcolm Rodriguez, the quarterback and defensive end. Spencer Sanders finally will be the guy. I feel like he had to deal with Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace. Now it is Spencer Sanders' team. That will be interesting. And injuries, yeah. Um, so uh, another quarterback um, who is finally his team uh, will be TCU's Max Duggan. Again, another one of those guys that you would think would take a step forward. We shall see. Um, Ochan Mathis will be the defense. The defensive end will be there as well. Um, you mentioned um, Bajon Robinson from Texas. He will be there along with Keandre Corbin, the defensive tackle. And for Texas Tech will be Dawson Deaton, the all-conference preseason selection uh, at the offensive line position, along with Rico Jeffers, the linebacker. And for West Virginia, Letty Brown, another maybe snub off of the all-Big 12 team uh, for West Virginia, will be there along with Dante Stills. Overall, a very good group of players will be in attendance. We'll be there. Um, We mentioned, you know, maybe not so much interested in the players as much as what the coaches have to say, but it's a pretty good haul of players. For sure. That's going to do it for the first half here on the 10 out of 12 podcasts. We will be back and we will have some questions from Wabash Station along with the preseason Big 12 poll to talk about. Much more coming your way right after this break. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 Podcast. Back in for the second half. Cole Carmody alongside of Ryan Gilbert. And if you're listening to the podcast and wondering why is Cole talking but Ryan is there, it's not because I just took over his podcast and looked at him and said, I'm the captain now, as the famous quote in Captain Phillips says. It's because Fitz is on vacation, and Ryan snuck into his house. I broke in. He broke into his house, and he what makes to make matters worse, he couldn't even figure out how to use the computer. So <laughs> naturally, I had to take go into dad mode and take over, and we are improvising, but it is working. We are here. We are talking about... Big 12 media days right around the corner, and I'm so excited because not only are we going to go down to Texas, not only are we going to get to try some In-N-Out, which I've never been to, we're going to get to go to Bucky's. Have you ever been to Bucky's, Ryan? What's that? Exactly. <laughs> Bucky's is the greatest gas station in the world. That's all I'm going to say about, about okay. that. Okay. They have barbecue they gonna inside. They're they will have chicken and everything else you everything else you want will be there because Bucky's is an amazing amazing place. So we're gonna do a lot of things, but we gotta go to Bucky's for sure. You, you'll like Bucky's. I have a feeling uh, Zach is gonna want to stop there because he's Mister Texas. <laughs> um, so moving right along here, first thing I want to talk about. Uh, I mentioned we'll have some questions from Wabash Station, which. Again, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, you know what? We better see if anybody wants to get involved. And so naturally, what do I do? I put up and say, hey, we're recording in a few hours. Ask your questions. And you guys actually asked some decent questions. Um, so congratulations. Um, the first one comes from King Jim 77 And this is going to tie into what we're talking about next. Why does the media refuse to learn its lesson and chronically underranks K-State in all preseason polls? Seriously, it's beyond old. Yep. It was two. It was old in two thousand and ten when I became a fan. What do you What do you have to say about that, Ryan? I don't know. I I don't know the answer. Like you're not wrong at all. But <laughs> it was King Jim, right? I mean, yep. you're not wrong, but like, I don't know. The, I don't know the. I'm sure Fitz could probably answer this better than me. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think it just has to do with. I mean, you, you where they're at now, and I'll go ahead and, and read the poll. Um, it's Oklahoma number one, Iowa State two, Texas three, Oklahoma State four, TCU five, West Virginia six, K State seven, 
Baylor 8, Texas Tech 9, Kansas 10. I don't think that's necessarily a bad spot. I mean, that's exactly where I thought they were going to be, quite honestly. Maybe I thought that they might put Baylor ahead of K-State just because K-State lost to Baylor last year, right? So I'm with you that they, they're underrated, but in terms of where I thought they would be, I don't think they're underrated. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, another way you could look at it, too, is we are under this microscope always focusing on K-State, and, you know, we we know what, we know know everything about the program. If you're a fan and you follow the team, you don't get that with the other nine teams in the Big 12, and I'm sure that, probably not Kansas, but I'm sure a lot of other teams in the Big 12 have their own reasons as to why they're going to be successful, but, you know, Cole, me and you are young, and I think that that, that kind of comes out a little bit as we are always optimistic with K-State, I, I feel like, but I, I don't see it as optimistic. Like, K-State is going to be better than people think this year. I would be surprised if they're number seven. I would be. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to – six is like their floor. I think they're going to probably leap TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just ridiculous. talk about that a little bit, but Baylor's not going to be a threat. Texas Tech's not going to be a threat. Kansas isn't going to be a threat. We've talked about this time and again on these, you know, question podcasts and stuff. If you beat Stanford, you're going to be three and zero going into conference play. Pick up a win, hopefully against Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, one of those tough games, Iowa State that you have in the beginning, and then you're cruising the rest of the season. I seriously, I don't know what the answer is, but you know, I think that my best answer would be that we focus so much on the good of K State, and that's why we always. We have high expectations, but we know that it happens a lot too. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. think this happens to any other teams in the Big Twelve. I think the exact opposite happens to Texas, right? So right. it is what it is. But you know, like they say, I mean, you just got to go out and compete, and don't listen to um, you know any of that media noise that's out there. So I think there's a difference between the preseason poll and how I think that the standings are going to end up, because I think you could make an argument that K State being at seven is fine. I think you. if I were to do this, I would have guessed how the media would have put it. Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia at five, TCU at six, K-State at seven, Baylor at eight, Texas Tech at nine, and KU at ten. I probably would have guessed K-State to be at seven just because, again, kind of what we've been talking about. That's what we've been accustomed to seeing. I was a little surprised that West Virginia was six. And we talked about it a little bit in the first half. But how in the world is TCU projected to finish in the the top half of the conference? It doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't make any sense. Please explain it to me. It's like like Boise State and BYU. Like, I know they're in the Big 12 now, but TCU was Mountain West, right? Mm -hmm. Where they somehow just – I mean, give them credit for doing that, right? But since joining the Big 12, what was that with uh, Trevon Voikin where he was Mm -hmm. there, like – they had some good years, sure, but they have not been the same program ever since they joined a Power Five conference. I mean, they're super comparable to K State, um, you know, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Always kind of right there in the middle. Like they're never going to be super bad. Um, they can have that season where they can make a run. So I'm not like upset that they're at number five because I think that they're going to, um, you know, be like ninth or tenth. No, I don't think that at all. But I don't think that their ceiling is 
any higher than five. If TCU can get to five, that's their ceiling on the year. I don't see them going any higher than that. I think it's ridiculous because we've seen what Max Duggan can do. Max Duggan is going to be a guy that runs around in a Sam Ellinger light. I mean, come on. That's what he is. He doesn't do much to an offense that is hard to stop. I mean, what? he doesn't throw the ball particularly well. He's a pretty good runner. I'll give him that. But that's about all that he does. And he turns the ball over with the best of any quarterback in the, in the, in the country, quite honestly. You can't sit here and tell me that TCU is a better team than West Virginia. I don't think they're a better team than K-State. And you could make an argument that Texas Tech, you know, depending on if they can actually stop people on defense, would have a chance to be better than TCU. I am not high at all on TCU this year. So for them to be at five, in my opinion, is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, they're going to finish seventh um, in, in the conference. Uh, I'll be curious to hear what you think. But I, I specifically for K-State, I, I think that the door is open for them to finish in the top half of the conference. I mean, just going down the line, sure, Spencer Rattler, Brock Purdy, the two quarterbacks at Oklahoma and Iowa State are superior to pretty much everybody in the conference. You could make a serious argument that Skylar Thompson could be the third best quarterback in the conference. You could make a serious sure. argument, especially if he takes a step forward. And I'm not convinced that if he does take a serious step forward, he won't end up with similar numbers Maybe not numbers, but similar contributions to his team as Brock Purdy. K-State and Iowa State play different. I totally get that. but He needs help with his receivers, correct. first and foremost, you know, if he wants, if he wants that conversation. I think you can make it, because who's going to play quarterback for Texas? I mean, I'm not sold that they're going to have one guy to start every single game. And you know what I always say, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. So until you can find that guy... I think it's going to be not easy if you're Texas. For Oklahoma State, I understand Spencer Sanders is back, and I am super high on him. Ever since we watched him play, Ryan, what is it, two years ago down in Stillwater, I thought that kid was going to be a stud. Now, now, call me crazy, okay? I am fully prepared for that. But Spencer Sanders can have a better year than any quarterback in the Big 12. If he does, Oklahoma State will be in the Big 12 championship game. Mm-hmm. Or he can be the Spencer Sanders of last year without any help, and they can finish seventh in the conference. Oklahoma State to me is that team where they can be really good, and they can also be really bad. I'm never counting out a Mike Gundy team, but Oklahoma State is the biggest wild card for me because I think you kind of know what you're going to get with Texas. I think you're you kind of know what you're going to get with TCU. So for K State and West Virginia. That, you know, th- four and three spot, I think it's wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, Oklahoma State, I mean, that was a tough over-under pick for me just because, you know, there is no Wallace, there is no Hubbard there. So I, I love Sanders. I really do. Like, he's tough. I think he's probably the toughest quarterback in the Big 12. Like, if he's healthy and all that, everything's going right. But I just don't know if he has the weapons, man. You know what I mean? I just don't know if he can – really compete. I know Skylar Thompson has Deuce Vaughn. Who else? You know, Malik Knowles, like here at K-State, like we love to hype up Malik Knowles. Oh, if he can be good, he's a good wide receiver one, but let alone his like issues off the field, he's not a like a superstar. 
know what I mean? He's just not. We haven't so, seen it yet. Yeah. We've, I mean, even though, even when he was at his best, like he's a solid wide receiver, sure, but he's not a superstar that, you know, Spencer Sanders or, you know, was dealing with Wallace, but, you know, Spencer Rattler's going to have at Oklahoma. So, you know, Thompson's going to have to do it a lot himself with running the ball, which we've seen him do. So, I, you know, that, you know, third, fourth, fifth place is kind of wide open for anyone to take, but, I, you know, it's kind of like a head and shoulders with Iowa State and Oklahoma over everyone else. And see, I, I, I understand that point. I'm just not ready to concede the conference yet. I'm not ready to say, you know, these two teams are so much better than everybody else. Look, I get it. I do. And I, and I the talent on paper is there for both of those teams. Totally understand that. But I do not trust Matt Campbell. I do not. I understand he is a good coach. Yeah, I'm with you. But seven and five, eight and four, and then you go on and you have a great year last year. Again, like it or not, there's an asterisk next to it. I mean, K State didn't have to play that game against Iowa State. That would have been one less win for Iowa State. They didn't have to play it, but they did. And it wouldn't have been a 45 nothing shutout either. Right. If they did play. Exactly. I um, am f- not prepared to say that I think that Iowa State's going to be in the Big 12 championship game. I'm just not prepared to do it. Just like I'm not prepared to say that I think Texas is going to be better. Just like I'm not prepared to say that I think Oklahoma is going to go undefeated. I just, I, we've seen Oklahoma teams fold. I'm not ready to just give up the conference yet, which I think makes this season so interesting because everything is back. Last year was weird. It was like, it didn't even feel like a college football season. Not at all. Yeah. This year is back to normal. Things are Things. I, I think if you're a K State fan, you this you have to be so excited because it's just the unknown. It's year three of a system, but it feels like we had to go through as K State fans, you had to go through so much last year where it's like, okay, it's time to sink or swim. Yep. And, and I think it's going to be like that for a lot of teams. I think Matt Wells is going to be feeling that at Texas Tech. Um, you're going to see them play for his job, you know see what they can do. So, yeah, I think the conference is going to be extremely interesting. Um, Another question from King Jim, as we move along here in the second half of the podcast, is is the Oklahoma hype all it's cracked up to be? I know Rattler is good, but is he that good? And we kind of talked about this a little bit, but what do you think? I mean... You can, I've kind of said what I think about Spencer Rattler, but Ron, I, I want to know, do you think Spencer Rattler can be a Heisman candidate? Because that's what they're making him out to be. I do. Like, I think it could happen for sure, but that's because he goes to Oklahoma and he's the quarterback, you know? Do I think he's one of the top, you know, three players in the country? Nah, not really, but... Did I think Johnny Menzel was good? No, I hated Johnny Menzel. And he got there because of his, you know, his ego, his attitude, what have you. So I think it could happen, sure. But do I personally, like, think he's one of those top three players? No, I, I think there's a handful of guys that you could select from the SEC that are more talented, more athletic, more skilled. The list goes on. So he's a good quarterback, like we mentioned. Is he God? No. The next question is if he is a Heisman candidate – is Lincoln Riley gone to the NFL? It's a good question, man. I hope he doesn't. I, I like Lincoln Riley. I hated Cliff Kingsbury. I guess he was Texas Tech, but man, do they, don't they like look alike? I just thought of that. Yeah. That's why I got it mixed up. But like, 
Cliff Kingsbury should have never went to the NFL. You know, he sucks. He had a losing record at Texas Tech when he had Patrick Mahomes. He never won a bowl game. Isn't that insane? It's embarrassing, yeah. I hate to say this, but Matt Rule should have never went to the NFL, man. Baylor, I mean, I get it. Like, business, like, strategic, like, you're going to make more money. You want to be in the NFL. That's your goal for sure. I'm not mad at him for doing that, but it's the the, the Panthers' fault for hiring him. He had, like, what were they, 1-11? And then two seasons later, or three, two, was it two or three seasons after that, was, they were in the Big yeah, 12 Championship Yeah, game. yeah. Like, a few plays go differently that season. They're like 7-5. Like, happy for that rule for sure. Don't get me wrong, man. But he's not going to be successful in the NFL. I'd bet a lot of money on that. Mm-hmm. So, Lincoln Riley, was that even the question? I don't remember. I got off, off, yeah. off track. No, there, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think, well, I do think if Lincoln Riley pre- helps Spencer Rattler be that good, like everybody says he is, um, I think Lincoln Riley's the next head coach of either the Arizona Cardinals or the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I fully am prepared to say that. So that's what I really? think about that. Yeah, um, King Jim, I hope that answers your question. Um, With the Cowboys, though, McCarthy's only been there for one year, right? Yeah, but you know how they are. There was a lot of issues yeah, with them leash. last year. Yeah. Yep. Um, the NFL, you know what it says. the Texans, that's a team with issues, man. Holy you, crap. You know what the NFL stands for? Not for long, right? So <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um I want to go through each one of these teams, and I want to do a little exercise, Ryan. I want to do, if everything goes wrong, what will their record be? And if everything goes right, what would their record be? Now, for some of these teams, it's going to be easy, but I want to do it anyway. We'll start at the bottom and go to the top. KU, if everything goes wrong, their record will be what? Uh, well, obviously zero, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before we continue with this exercise, are we talking like, Starting quarterback goes out, or I'm saying I, they lose I would say, by a point, or what? I would say everything going wrong, meaning what happened with K State last year. I I think you would okay. agree with me that everything went wrong with K State last year. Their court, starting sure. quarterback gets hurt. Um, people underperform. Yep, divided locker room. Yeah, you can never really count on injuries. So for this sake, we won't count on injuries, but kind of just what is their floor, and then what is their max. So for KU, it's obviously zero. And yes, that one was easy. Yeah. That was like write your name and you get points for it. Yeah, that, that was KU zero. I think um, not a lot has to go wrong for them to be 0 yeah. 12. Quite honestly, you know, barring a, a terrible performance against an FCS school, they they should get one win. But we're not. I'm not counting it out of the picture that KU goes winless. So um, that that one is pretty easy. As far as if everything goes right, what would their record be? What do you think is considered a success at KU this year? Three wins? If everything goes, if everything goes right, man. Dude, I don't even want to say it, but I'm I'm going to say five wins. Yeah? Because you can beat Duke, and you can beat Coastal Carolina, and you can beat South Dakota. And if everything goes right, you can beat Baylor and Tech. I'm not saying that's going to happen at all, but if everything goes right, man, I don't see how that can't happen. I'm with, I understand that, yeah. I, I just don't think... I do think they will lose at least one conference game. I get Duke is bad. I get Coastal Carolina is probably not going to be as good as they were. You would just think that there's no way they win all three of those games, just based off the recent memory. Yeah, I agree. I don't see it happening, but like if everything goes right and whatever, every other team in America, you know, COVID comes back or something, yeah. KU <laughs> avoids it. That's what's going right. That's five wins for KU. Fair enough. Um, Texas Tech. Let's go. 
I'd say two and ten is the worst. One of those being a losses sure. with K. Uh, one of those being a loss against K, KU. Sure. Because even if you go two and three and you go winless, it's not a success. But mm-hmm. if you go three and nine and you lose to KU, that's a bad season. Even if they finish below you, I think that is as bad as you can get if you're Matt Wills. So, would you agree that two or three wins is probably as low as the, as low as they get as low as it is for Texas Tech? Yeah, I mean, I'd say, I'd say two. I don't see them uh, not beating Stephen F. Austin and Florida International, mm-hmm. but a loss to KU, loss to Houston, and then you know the rest. I think two wins. Sure, that's a that's the worst. The best case scenario. Oh man, six wins. Sure, you know, obviously win all the non-con games and. Sure, six wins. I think they can get to six wins if they if you squint. You know that's what I always say. If you squint, you could see it mm-hmm. happening. If you squint, you could see, you know, Texas Tech going undefeated in the non-conference and then beating Kansas, then beating Baylor, and then maybe a TCU or a K State. You could see it happening, right? I mean, so mm-hmm. I think that'd be the ceiling. I think that'd be a great year for Texas Tech. It'd be a great step in the right direction. Um, number eight team in the conference, Baylor. Low end, man. That, I don't know. That's a tough one. That low, I mean, can be pretty low just because that team really struggled last year and they they, they beat K-State, of course, but their only other win was KU, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a team that I could see at its worst. You know, like I talked about, if everything goes right for KU, that's a team that could lose to KU. Mm-hmm. So they've got BYU in the middle of the season. You know, That's obviously a tough game. So I guess I'd go – two wins you know they're going to beat the two no-name teams from texas in the Hong Kong. so two wins i'm with you there um on the high end i think kind of the same thing maybe seven and five though i mean in, in all honesty i don't know if there's much of a difference between baylor and texas tech so i'm probably going to say six and six is their highest um again that game against byu though is tough that it's that's their third non-conference game because then they might have to win another game in conference, and then you start to look. Well, where is that going to happen? It's going to be KU. It's going to have to be Texas Tech. It's going to have to be K State, and then maybe a West Virginia or TCU, Oklahoma State, one of those teams. That's hard to see happen. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Best case scenario, five wins. Mm-hmm. I am not in my crystal ball in front of me. I don't see this Baylor team playing in a bowl game at all, no, no matter what. No, nope, me neither. Even with the best case scenario. We'll we'll skip K State. We'll do them at the end. Uh, West Virginia. See, I'm of the opinion five and seven is their lowest, which is not good. But I mean, that's not a terrible season. It's not as bad as it could be. I'll say five and seven on the low end. What about you? Well, they've got two Power Five opponents in the non-con, so I mean that's tough. If they drop both of those, and then. You know, you're looking at what if if they drop those games, they're probably not going to beat TCU, K State, Oklahoma State. You know, those types of teams. So, at the lowest, I'll go three, even though I don't see that happening. But mm-hmm. what say you? Oh uh, yeah, I think five for sure. I just I, I I'm pretty high on this team, but I'm not sold on them. I think like Fitz is and like Wally has talked about. So it, it's interesting on the high end though. I could see this team winning nine games and finishing third in the conference. I don't think that's a stretch by any of the imagination. Yeah, I think we might be beating a dead horse here, but if this team beats Maryland, Virginia Tech, and whoever else they play, 
it's same thing with K-State. They've got so much momentum, you know, going into conference play with those wins that, you know, obviously every game's different, but when you're 3-0, and it's a lot different than being 2-1. and You know what I mean? Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, TCU, low end. <laughs> um, this is one of those ends where it's like, I could see them going three and nine, Ryan. I really could. I really yep. could see that happening. I don't. I mean, think. SMU's not terrible. Didn't they beat TCU last year? Or am I two years, mistaken? Was it last year or two years ago? I, I think it yeah. might have been two years ago. At some point, yeah. Yeah, they have beaten so, them though. That's a rivalry yeah. game for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cal's a. I don't know. I'll be honest. I know nothing about Cal, but that's a Power Five team. Yep. So, TCU's lowest. I'll say two. Mm-hmm. Who wins uh, on the high end for TCU? I don't think this team's winning more than seven games. I think the high end is seven seven. and five. Yeah. I I would be surprised if TCU makes a bowl game this year. And it wouldn't surprise me if this is Gary Patterson's last year as well. Ooh, you heard it here first, everyone. That is a hot take. Um, (laughs) So we'll say, I'll say seven for TCU. Um, Oklahoma State on the low end, I almost got to say six and six. I think this team makes a bowl game no matter what. So I'll go six and six on the loan for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time? I don't know the answer, but when's the last time Mike Gundy didn't make a bowl game? Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the high end, Big Twelve champs, right? I mean, you got a returning quarterback with Spencer Sanders. I'd say sure. this team goes eleven and one, maybe, and, and gets some revenge on Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship game. I'll I'll say conference champs for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm with you. Do I see it happening? No, but I think it, it's. Um... There is a possibility mm-hmm. for that to happen, yeah. For Texas, I think the low end is five and seven. I could I could see this Texas team missing a bowl game. New staff, mm-hmm. new everything. I would say five and seven on the low end for Texas. Would you agree with me on that? Sure. Or even maybe I don't know four and eight. Like again, do I see it happening? No, but that's probably the lowest of the low that could happen. I'd say four wins. Mm-hmm. On the high end, I think ten wins. I don't think that they win the conference championship um i guess it could happen but i don't think that that's in this team's dna yet so i'd yeah. say 10 wins in the regular season they um, play the way they played against k-state last year, man i don't know <laughs> yeah very true very true they definitely had some momentum um iowa state this is interesting what do you think about the low one because i want to hear what you think first excuse me um it's tough for Iowa State. I mean, UNLV is not good, but Iowa's a really good team. Northern Iowa's not bad. They've gotten them a couple years um, in a row in the years past. They've beaten them. So, you know, I, I wrote about this. Like, I don't see much wiggle room, but this is really, I mean, I guess the, the floor or what's it, everything goes wrong is, is what, I don't know, five. But people probably care more about, you know, what is their ceiling I don't see them, man. You know, I feel like if it's not Oklahoma, it'd be Oklahoma State. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. the more we talk about it, the more I think about it. As we're talking on here, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like if that were to happen, where it's not Oklahoma on top, it'd be Oklahoma State. You know I'm what with mean? you. Yeah, I, I, I think this team can play in the Big Twelve Championship game. I can't sit here and tell you that. I think that they beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, or if they have to beat them twice in a year, I don't. I just can't see that happening. I, I think that, you know, I, I'll say their ceiling is what? Oh, I guess it'd be 11 wins, and they make it to the Big 12 championship game. Be a great season, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But Iowa State fans want to win the conference. I don't think that's yeah. happening this year. 
Um, Oklahoma. Oh, 11 wins as well. Yeah, 11 wins. Okay, Oklahoma. Um, the low end, 8-4. and four. I mean, maybe, right? 9-3, and three, yeah. Yeah. You know, optimistic. Kind of one of those years that we thought they were going to have last year. So, um, yeah, I'd say that on the high end, college football playoff, right? Got to be. Best case scenario is they make the college football playoff and then lose by 40 to an SEC school. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> that sounds like a really realistic. I don't know what uh-huh. you're talking about. That hasn't happened before, has it? Yeah, no kidding. Um, okay, K-State. And we'll wrap it up with this. K-State, um, I don't know. We're going to have to sit here and talk about this for the next five months. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to say this. I think the worst for K-State's five and seven. I think the best for K-State is playing in the Big 12 championship game. I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I think this team, if everything goes right, you can picture them playing meaningful football in November. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say if it's super meaningful, but I think 9-3 and three is realistic. I think 10-2, and two, and you could potentially find yourself in the Big 12 championship game. And I think that's probably the ceiling for this team. Yeah, I think that 6-6 six and six is the worst it'll be for K-State. I mean, even if, God forbid, Skylar Thompson go out for the year or whatever, Will Howard's had that same exact situation, you know, under his belt for half a season. So, you know, I think this team will make a bowl game. Even if everything goes wrong, I think they're still going to be 6-6 bowl eligible by the time the season's over. But, man, I mean, could, obviously, I guess the, the schedule's tough with Oklahoma State, OU, and Iowa State, the first three games, but... Well, could that schedule? I mean, you've got Oklahoma and Iowa State at home. Exactly. Do you that is, the schedule couldn't work out really right. any better for K State? The other seven games in conference, in my mind, really don't matter that much, mm-hmm. you know. And if you're going to be able to beat Oklahoma and Iowa State at home, you can probably beat Oklahoma State down there in Stillwater. You know, you can probably travel down to Austin and and pick up that win if you're able to beat those teams at home. So. Man, that ceiling though is tough. How good can they be at their best? I just don't see Chris Kleiman with this team. I know he's got the championship experience at lower level, but right now, at this point in his career, following how last season went, I'm I'm way too hesitant to say that they're going to be in the Big 12 championship game. So I can't say that, but I'd say nine wins is going to be at their best. You know, maybe flirt with it. You know, if on the last weekend of the season, I don't know who – Iowa Texas. State or OU plays. Texas but plays K State the last weekend of this year. No, I'm talking for other oh. other schools. Yeah, if everything you know, the stars are scoreboard watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's best case scenario scoreboard watching and and against Texas, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll put it with that. But I don't see it happening. There we go. Meaningful football in November. We both can agree on that. Um, I, I want to throw this in here and and then we'll have to get a move on. But uh, get out. More cat wants to know: Will any players be repping sponsors at media days? NASCAR type jumpsuits. Is Go Power Cat hiring any players for advertising? Um, I will say, Skylar Thompson. I don't know if you saw this, Ryan, but Skylar Thompson just tweeted out an ad uh, for the first time. So there is a K State player with some NIL. Skylar Thompson is making money. Yep, and this is more basketball related, but I've seen Siri Lewis and Maximus Edwards post. For some company that I've never, ever heard of. And at, at Lucha, one of the managers showed me. I'm not going to name his name, but it was pretty funny. He mentioned, he messaged the company account 
and was like, I've been, I've eaten here for years. Can I do business with you guys? Like, I'd love to be a sponsor. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, man. But yeah. <laughs> you do you. But um, the answer to the, the question is, is, we were talking about this in our group chat, right, Cole, about how go power cat with players or something. We can't do yeah, that. Right. If I'm not mistaken, because we cover recruiting. Right. And when I worked with K-State HDTV, and then I got hired here at Go Power Cat. I was done. I couldn't do both because I talked to recruit here. If you're affiliated at all in any way, shape, or form with the university, there cannot be anything with recruits involved, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's just my understanding. I'm not an expert. I'm far from it with this whole subject. None of it makes any sense to me. But no. I don't. I mean, you know, I think you've got to like. It just bugs me. Like when I saw, I think it was like an underwear brand for Siri Lewis. I'm like. Like what? Like why? Why are you doing this? Like if you're, I don't know. Like like you mentioned with me, Austin Trice and in, in Insomnia Cookies, he went there like every flipping day. Yeah. For people who aren't aware of that, like that would make sense because that's a patch. Like Rick Ross, you know my favorite rapper, Wingstop. Like he loves eating Wingstop. It's got to be something you're passionate about. Don't go getting a sponsorship with some underwear company. Do it for something that means something to you. Mitch Lightfoot, you know one eight hundred got junk like. That's actually a relevant yeah. company in Kansas City. People have heard of that. Yeah. You know, nobody's heard of the boxing company, the box, the boxers company, or whatever it was that Siri Lewis did his deal with. I Sorry, that's my little rant with this whole thing. But it's just going to be an absolute, you know, what show with, you know, what, what's what's stopping a company from paying a guy millions of dollars no, to do an ad for I him, agree. saying, hey, go to this school and maybe I'll pay you a little bit more money. You I know will, what I mean? I will say, get out, uh, Mister, get out more cat. Uh, don't be surprised if there will be players at Media Days who are endorsing Big Red. And if you don't like what they have to say about Big Red, well, as Ricky Bobby says, if you don't chew Big Red, then blank you. Um, there you go. That's going to do it here for the 10 of 12 podcast. Ryan Gilbert, Cole Carmody with you. Ryan, thank you for being the guest, I guess, kind of. Um it was fun sitting in your shoes for the day i'm sure we'll have many more episodes as football season starts to go along you can follow it all you can follow it all at gopowercat.com and we will talk to you all again very shortly thank you for listening to the power cat podcast make sure you're subscribing to our show at apple spotify amazon or wherever you get your podcasts power cat podcast all rights reserved gopowercat.com Thank you.